Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Chuck Bonnyball Julie Hayden Show. Actually, I should call it the Julie Hayden Chuck Bonnyball Show. Chuck, glad you could make it. No, I'm giving a hard time. Chuck has actually been very hard at work. I'm working on their big fundraiser for the opt-out lawsuit, which will have updates on all of that um, later on this show and then also on Friday. But Truth Straight Up brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cenogenics and Dr. Julie McAllen, who's coming to the fundraiser. She is. Yep. Absolutely. Along with great gubernatorial candidates, Greg Lopez, Laurie Sane, Laurel Eimer, Laurel Eimer, uh, Dave Williams, um, Patrick Neville. A whole bunch of people coming to that. And we'll, so the fundraiser itself is kind of, there's limited spacing. But on Friday, um, we're going to give everybody a link that if they want to donate and they want to become one of the sponsors of this um, groundbreaking, frankly, um, lawsuit well, filed by, if, by if, Trump's if, lawyer, John Eastman and Randy Corcoran. Randy Corcoran. And, and, and quite frankly, you're invited to this event. It's a fundraiser, so we have to... We have very limited seats at a castle, this beautiful castle. Donovan Castle. Donovan mm-hmm. Castle is incredible. So each and every way, you know, we, we require a $500 contribution from a couple. So if a couple, if you want to get together and throw in 250 each, it's not a huge fund, you know, a huge amount of money. Um, but just email to Julie Bonniewell at gmail.com at, at people in the hundred. yeah you know what and you can go to chuck and there's a link to an email there too and as i said what we're also going to do is um you don't i mean if you want to help and be part of this there are going to be links to the claremont institute basically which is going to be the main fundraiser right. now i don't know i see some people there on zoom we, um, we're bringing back jason pratt so jason if you're there um go ahead and turn your mic on and unmute yourself um and if you're not there we'll wait to get you but jason we talked to him Briefly on Monday, he's a Greenwood Village firearms dealer, legal firearms dealer um, with the FFL. Um, okay, Tom, Thomas is going to go ahead and call him. Thank you, Thomas. Um, and he's had a, a basically sold guns out of his house. He's had a home business for years. And there are lots of people with home business. A lot of people. It was perfectly legal. He'd been inspected by the ATF. The police had been there. Yes. Everybody had been, been there, right? And they're like, okay, this is perfectly fine, perfectly legal. The neighbors really didn't even know he had it, right? right. It's not yeah. like he had constant traffic back well, and forth. Well, he says there's three customers a month. Right. A month. A month. And then he does, some people come over on Saturday and park in his garage and they go in his driveway and they go over to a shooting range. So they thought, oh, this has just opened up. It's been on for five years. But, but some gun grabbing Karens yeah, basically yes, wanted yes. to uh, try to shut him down. So they launched a petition and they went to the Greenwood Village City Council on Monday. Right, and we're going right. to get a report from him as soon as we get him um, in terms of how it went. And it sounds like, Chuck, you talked to him briefly. It sounds like, okay, he's joining now. It sounds like things went okay. Um, but you never know how these things go, right? When, um, when, when you've got city councils and gun grabbing leftists kind of taking control, and they get a petition drive going. And well, there our friend, new friend is <laughs> Jason. So, Jason, hey, thank you. Can you go ahead and turn your mic on? Is your mic on? There we are. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, thank you for your time again. Um, you know, I've been saying, okay, you're going to update us on the Greenwood Village City Council meeting. Um, so how did things go Monday night? Uh, I think they went better than uh, I had expected. Um, I expected a lot more people. Uh, there were, uh, I think, four individuals who had pre-scheduled to make statements and then to uh, hand in a, a petition against my business. The uh, There was one neighbor that actually got up and spoke on my behalf, uh, unbeknownst to me. So that was uh, uh, pretty wonderful. And uh, well, that's and- incredible. I haven't gotten people to city council meetings. It's like pulling teeth that somebody voluntarily came to support you is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I was kind of surprised uh, and delighted. So uh, and thankful for that. Uh, and then we had a, an opportunity to meet. Uh, she said she hadn't met me, but she didn't agree with uh, what and the manner in which uh, my neighbors were endeavoring to uh, push me out, with that, out of pure ignorance. And uh, and then I had an opportunity to address the city council as well. 
I would say, uh, by and large, the, uh, the four individuals that spoke out against me, um, they only uh, evoked emotional arguments of uh, their own fear and uh, their own... Um, uh, fear, fear of what? Fear of what? Lobsters? Of, no. of danger and, uh, and uh, firearms and the, how can they be in the, in the neighborhood. And, mm. uh, oh, goodness. Did, did they know that there are all <laughs> kinds of people with firearms in the <laughs> neighborhood? I heard of the Second Amendment that yeah. Yeah, there's firearms. The, you know, yours is probably the best. You at least know, right? Mm. <laughs> and probably it, the... It, exactly. I've got many neighbors uh, that are my best customers. They have more firearms in their homes that they privately own than I do as a firearms dealer. Yeah. Uh, and I applaud them. Um, you know, I have, uh, I'm satisfied with the firearms I own. Uh, I own them, you know, I'm not, not necessarily a collector, but, um, you know, I own what I need for the purposes uh, I intend for them. And, uh, and, you know, so they were okay. Just emotional arguments that, you know, one's a teacher and she has to do uh, active shooter training and all the children are just traumatized by this and having a firearms, uh, dealer in the neighborhood, is just adding to their, ter- to their terrible trauma. Um, and, just it was again just all emotional arguments they even made pleas that you know let's ignore the law for just a moment yeah, and, sure. and just say is this morally right well i think this is amazing the, the arguments they're making is you know and they said in their flyer this is not an anti-gun thing oh no, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah that that is an absolute lie bold-faced lie it's it's apparent on its surface and that if you just go to the you know their website and their petition uh, it was GV safe from guns. So uh, it wasn't safe from problematic or dangerous business. It was safe from guns. So it is a gun business. Well, thing. let me back you up. Well, and- I just oh. want to note one, oh. one, one kind of fun thing. You're saying that they said the kids had to go through active shooter drills uh, and it got them very scared. They're lucky they didn't grow up in the 50s and 60s where we had active thermonuclear war drills <laughs> where we were supposed to duck and cover the, the Ruskies uh, dropped a thermonuclear bomb on our, on our city. So, boy, talk about terrifying the kids. Yeah, yeah, duck and cover. It's just like putting a mask on, right? That right, exactly, right. exactly. Well, Jason, so it's it's um, Tomcat Tactical is the name of your business, just in case anyone cares. We'll give you a little bit of, you know, let people know what you're talking about there. I would like you to go over again for people who have questions, of, you know, are wondering, okay, so explain how this is perfectly legal. The police know about you. The ATF knows about yeah. you. The, the you're meeting not only all the gun codes, you meet the business codes. Go, go ahead and explain all of that. Yeah, and that's something, too. My neighbors have made false claims all over the neighborhood saying that I don't pay taxes and this is illegal. And um, so let me just go through it. The firearms business is a heavily, heavily regulated business. So uh, I uh, first, when I moved here in 2016, I looked through the uh, HOA, the Homeowners Association Rules and Regulations, uh, I made sure I complied with all those, built that into my business plan. Then I looked at the Greenwood Village city uh, requirements and ordinances, made sure I complied with all of those. And I applied for a city uh, um, uh, occupational privilege tax, which I pay. So it's a privilege yeah. for me to work. Privilege and, for you to pay the tax. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I can pay for that. And then, uh, and then also uh, get the tax license to pay Greenwood Village uh, sales tax. And then a Colorado state license, and I uh, filed for... Uh, my business license with the state of Colorado, and I pay uh, Colorado State uh, um, uh, sales. sales. And then, uh, and then I uh, signed up with uh, the ATF. I, I was already had my FFL from California, so when I moved here, I just transferred my FFL and made an appointment with my uh, ATF agent. He came in, inspected my business, my plan. That's a federal far- firearms license, FFL. Yeah, yeah. So the ATF, you know, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. Um, you know, my FFL or federal firearms licensee. Uh, comes from them. And that is what authorizes me to be a dealer in firearms and to then uh, uh, go into business with wholesalers to obtain firearms and other uh, items. So I had to prove to him that I had my city and state uh, business licenses, that my uh, uh, property and that I met with the HOA rules and that I was going to conduct the business as as a business, not as a hobby. That's illegal. Uh, It has to be an an actual business, which requires me to post uh, hours and to have a storefront of one type or another in the H in this uh, community, I'm not allowed to advertise, you know, that from in, in any way that can be seen from the street. And the uh, HOA rules are clear on that that it can be seen from the street. Uh, but by having something that is advertising online, that is perfectly legal. Now, my my neighbors have tried to make the argument that because you can see 
my store from the internet. I am advertising in a way. (laughs) Good try. Nice. Well, here I wanted just a couple of comments here. This is funny from our good friend, Barney. FFL, Federal Firearms License, F-U-U, Greenwood Village, (laughs) Barney says. I don't know if you sell AR barrels and if so, what brand. So it's Tomcat Tactical. Well, let me, and again, just so people know, so you're perfectly legal. Everybody, it's not been a secret that you're there. Or you've been inspected, everything's good. And it's not, I want you to clarify too, it's not like you've got like an Amazon warehouse of guns in your backyard, right? I mean, how many customers we a talked month. to, yeah, I'd say a month, would you have, so it's not, you know, people are maybe worried about parking or something like that. I mean, how many customers a month do you have show up at your house, would you say? So I would say in general, it's very rare that I will have two cars in my driveway at the same time, at any given time uh, of customers. Usually I'll have one, maybe two in a week. Uh, okay. maybe, uh, I would say, you know, at the height of things with COVID and all the scare, uh, I did have occasions when I would have two cars in the driveway. And that was the busiest I had been, you know, over two months, two to three months, I was more busy uh, in those two months than I had been in the previous six years of business. Wow. Um, and I haven't approached that uh, level of activity since. Um, but in general, I would say I typically have in a month, maybe one to four cars. Uh, now, would you say so, that your average neighbor then who didn't know, you know, you personally or had not purchased a gun from you or wasn't really aware of it, it seems to me like it's a kind of situation that your average neighbor probably wasn't even aware that that this that you existed, right? You weren't causing issues or problems or anything like that. Exactly. They're trying to make the case that I'm a dangerous business and, and creating uh, an impact to the lives of the, the neighborhood. Uh, but one of the people that testified uh, or, or spoke to uh, Greenwood Village City Council said, I didn't even know he was in the neighborhood until my neighbor came and told me. And I was just uh, astonished. How could you allow this to happen? It's like, wait a minute. Until one alarmist informed another alarmist, there was no need for alarm. It's right. just absurd. Well, to me, it seems like it. And I know you maybe can't say this, but I well, this is just and I got to wonder maybe if somebody put this gun grabbing Karen up to it, basically. And he's no, Karen in quotations. I, 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 Sandra, I think her name is, and she's sort of infamous because I know people in the neighborhood. She she sort of thinks it's she owns the neighborhood and should tell everybody what to do. Yeah, she's you know been in the neighborhood for fifty years, so I guess she views this as her personal private property, and no one else should have the rights of private property here. Um, it's absurd. I, I think you know she was unsatisfied that the HOA rejected her claims uh, squarely, and then the Greenwood Village City Council also, and so now she's just trying to ratchet up, put political pressure on the Greenwood Village uh, City uh, Council and um, and just making this, blowing this up. And I told my neighbors, uh, you know, there were, I, I had a kind of an impromptu uh, town hall meeting, I guess, outside one of my neighbor's houses. They were all complaining to one of my direct next door neighbors, trying to get uh, an ear with him. And initially he was concerned, uh, but I spoke with him. He saw how I operated and he wasn't concerned. So I went out and talked to them and explained to them, look, you know, this is about being a law-abiding citizen, I'm doing things lawfully. And because there's such negativity towards the Second Amendment, I am doing this in order to bring attention to the Second Amendment and allow people to understand, you know, safety, firearm safety, lawful gun ownership, and uh, to participate uh, in the civil discourse on uh, gun ownership and gun rights that every citizen enjoys in this country, unlike so many others. And that to me, uh, having served this country for over 20 years at the time, uh, now over 25, this was a way of me honoring my oath of office to support and defend the Constitution, and that my neighbors were, in fact, attacking that Constitution. And one of them commented that uh, I make them sound out to be unpatriotic. And I said, well, you are. <laughs> You're, yeah, good for you. <laughs> than a well, and it seems to me, I mean, that's cut to the bottom line here, too. It's like this is a business that you are legally operating out of your home following all of your HOA a federal, federal local, you're paying all of your taxes. So, and, and it's, and it's the kind of thing that the neighbors, you, you, the, the level of business that you do was low enough that the neighbors weren't even aware that you were doing it. And so it seems to me that this is just another part of this gun grabbing cancel cultures. People somehow think that somebody's doing something that they personally don't like. And all of a sudden they have the right to shut somebody down, to cancel them, to close down their livelihood. Go, Julie, go. And I'm sick of, <laughs> 
move in. Do you know? I mean, she could move. If she wants to go to a different HOA where they don't allow that kind of, where they, where they say you can't do that. And I'm sure there are some out there. Go, move. She should leave the neighborhood. She should not try to close you down. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have freedom of choice here, right? So if she doesn't like it, she can leave. But, you know, the true, to have true freedom, that means you're going to have to live with the reality. And I told this to one of my neighbors that uh, people will do things that you may not personally approve of. Uh, I have many neighbors that do things that I don't approve of, but that doesn't give me the right to shut them down. Uh, I, I view their, their liberty uh, and respect it. I stood up upon it. You know, one of my neighbors said, when I mentioned the, the Second Amendment and the Constitution, he said, that's all you have. You're going to hide behind the Constitution. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Hide behind the Constitution. I have that, that tricky Constitution. So many people hide so many behind the Supreme Court judges, lawyers, please. Everybody's hiding behind stupid it. Well, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to strangle this gutless weasel, but I didn't. I, I restrained myself and I told him, hide behind the Constitution. I'm sorry, but I stood in front of the Constitution <laughs> with, with an oath that I would have willingly have signed in my blood, in my life's blood, to protect it. I'm not hiding behind it. The Constitution is not something to hide behind. It is a set of handcuffs that have been placed upon our government, and that's where they belong. And I yeah. want to make sure they stay there. That was the founder's intent. That's my intent. And I'm going to stand in, uh, you know, this fight is, has been raging for a long time, since 1776. And it has not stopped, and it will not stop. And the founders told us that. They warned us of that. And so the fight is here in our neighborhood. It is at my doorstep. And believe it or not, everyone out there, it's at your doorstep, too. And this is our opportunity uh, to do something about it. So, uh, you know, I think there's a few things. I do have a call for action. I'd like to encourage people, send me an email. Uh, my email address is jason at tomcattactical.com, tomcattactical, one word. And I'll send out a, a little uh, talking point uh, newsletter, if you will. I've got, you know, it's, it's re- rather lengthy. It's got my thoughts and opinions on, on some things and some quotes from our founders and kind of summarizes what's going on. And then I'll update it uh, as time goes on to keep people informed. But at the top, I, I like to do things that we do in the military called bluff, bottom line up front. So I give, um, I give a seven point uh, action points for people to follow. Ideally, if you're a Colorado resident, and even better, if you're Greenwood Village, then I would say, um, well, first, I would say to everyone, pray for our great country and for me. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two, it, um, I would encourage people uh, to contact my city council women, uh, Libby Barnacle and Donna Johnston, and or you know if you're in Greenwood Village, your respective city council people uh, to make them aware. I provide the email addresses here. Uh, you can also uh, support my small business here uh, by sending me some of your business. And uh, you know, with uh, I have had a great onslaught of of interest, which has been phenomenal, an outpouring of support. I thank you uh, to everyone who's done that. Uh, you know, I'm collecting uh, uh, orders and I'll place them. I don't keep a large stock here. That's intentional. My neighbors are concerned, like, as you said, that I have a stockpile of guns that are filling my basement. I have very few firearms and I do that on purpose. I have enough to, to be representative yeah. of types, but that way I can do custom orders uh, for people, get them exactly what they want. I'm not trying to hustle something and get it off my shelf uh, to make a buck. I want to get people uh, the tools and equipment that they need to serve their purposes. And for that reason, I just keep a small uh, inventory of things that are common and, and, and necessary. Well, that's probably, number one, it's probably safe, safer for you. So, I mean, there, I mean, there are any number of reasons. And again, and you've got to follow all the same rules and regulations that anyone would. This is kind of funny. This is from one of our listeners, Leo. He said he would rather live on your block than between a vegan and a Karen. So, <laughs> and, 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 and this is also from Leo. He's it's exactly what you said. Good people stand in front of the Constitution to defend it, not hide behind it. Well, so what? Where did well, we, I, mean, I, I understand our good friend, uh, mutual friend Steve Roman is going to invite you up to Dunfin Castle for our huge event Friday. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it, but I'd love to meet you in person. I hope you'll come. Oh, awesome. Yeah. See, I got I to return a phone call from Steve. So yeah, I'll be there then. Uh, All right. There tremendous, you go. There you go. There you go. Where did Greenwood Village leave it? So where does it stand right now? So they received, the city council received uh, the petition of a 200 and some, 250 some odd um, signatures. I think about um, a dozen or two were from people outside of Greenwood Village. Um, and they said they'll take a look at it. Uh, I think um, you know, they'll take a look at it. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, so with that, I have, uh, obtained an attorney right. and, uh, one of my calls of action that, that I'm going to add is I will probably establish 
a give, send, go, um, not a GoFundMe because, no. <laughs> because, but uh, probably a give, send, go, because, you know, what they're trying to do is uh, last uh, June, uh, Paula signed a, uh, an act H or SB uh, 21-256. And what this is endeavored to do is basically um, eradicate the state constitution and the Colorado revised statutes um, what's called express preemption. Uh, this is where the Constitution and the CRS expressly state that no lower jurisdiction in the state of Colorado can make a law more restrictive than what the state has done. What this, what this act does, however, is say, um, guess what? Yes, uh, any lower municipality uh, cannot make a law less restrictive than the state. And if you want, you can make a law more restrictive. And so they're making an argument now that the Greenwood Village could, in fact, make more restrictive uh, laws if they so desired and if they can convince them to do so. Um, again, all, I'd like to remind people, the only thing more gun laws do is turn lawful citizens into criminals by tr- criminalizing otherwise lawful activity. And, and you know, criminals don't follow laws anyway. So you think uh, yeah. one more law is going to stop them from murdering somebody with an illegal gun? Absolutely not. You know, it's just like it's the same concept that, oh, well, this is a gun free zone. That means nobody's going to come in. Every single active shooter incident has happened in a gun free zone. This is absurd. Well, and and the bottom line is you followed all the rules. It's perfectly legal. And, you know, and again, if people don't like living there, then they can move. It's, It's completely unfair that somebody should shut down your legitimate business that has that that does a good business, your livelihood, because they have some kind of issue with guns. That's great. They can they're entitled to their opinion. But like I said, I'm just sick of these people who think that somehow their opinion matters more than everybody else's. And just because they're a vegan or a Karen, then they can tell the rest of us what to do and and they can cancel us if we don't so you know jason thank you for standing up for this and thank you for not just saying oh well you know i guess Mm -hmm. you know um Maybe they have more important things to do. They can monitor people's Christmas tree lights or something like that, you know, like HRAs do. All right. Thanks so much. Great to have you on. I'll see you Friday. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Jason Pratt, guys, you can uh, contact him or get more. It's the name of his company is Tomcat Tactical. If you want to email him and talk to him, um, it's Jason at Tomcat Tactical. Uh, dot com. So Jason will be there Friday at the castle, and this one's right astride Bear Creek, most beautiful. Really thing pretty. Ever. Really pretty. And and who's going to be John Eastman, um, the lawyer for Trump, um, and he's filing the suit along with Randy Corcoran, uh, candidates such as Greg Lopez for governor, Laura Limer, Peg Cage, Peg Cage, Peg Cage, <laughs> and her husband Don will be there. Joe and and um, Ben Joe and Anil and, and Anil and everybody else. It is a fundraiser, so we do request that you uh, contribute funds. If you'd like to go, what what's the best way for us to send them an invitation? You know, what people should do is if you want to go, um, go to chuckandjulie.com, and then it says contact me. You can contact us and just okay. go there, um, and you can contact us that way. I and think a lot of people. And you can contact us. And then that sends sending, me an email. And then, and then um, include your email address, and I'll, I'll give you the formal invitation. We'll give you the formal invitation. And, and it's going to be. It's going to be more fun. And a lot of people know how to contact me, too. So people do. Oh, and again, for those who, uh-huh. Randy Corcoran talked about it on the air. I'm getting phone calls. Hey, Randy said, here's your phone number. I'm like, oh, thank you, Randy. Um, but I, no, a lot of our listeners know how to get hold of us. Well, not, I mean, all, not all of them do. No. Uh-uh. So just go to chuckandjulie.com and you can find you can find a link to contact and us we'll there. And we'll give you an invitation and let me know if you want to come. And, 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 and more importantly, too, do a lot of folks who maybe can't um, or are like, hey, look, you know, I want to help out, but not that much. On Friday, we'll also give you the the links to the Claremont Institute mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. where you can donate if you want. And here's why this is important. Um, and we're going um, to we're, we're talk to Sue Moore with Liberty Scorecard coming up a little bit about Christy Burton Brown. This goes back to the need for Republicans to opt out of the open primary. We already saw the Aspen, what, daily, whatever, some Aspen paper was telling Democrats to become unaffiliated so they could vote against Lauren Boebert in the primary. So that's an open tactic. They openly acknowledge that they run rhino candidates or worse, fake Republican candidates in Republican primaries. Um, So 
it's important for Republicans to take back their own primary. Now, the establishment Republicans don't want to do that because they make too much money and the lobbyists and the consultant class and the donor class make too much money with the system the way that they have recently made it. A system in which, by the way, since they made it this way, we haven't run a statewide office, right? right. We've gotten clobbered. So, hey, it's not working, guys. Um, so all this would do, and so they voted unanimously at the Central Committee Executive meeting, right. some 500 right. people to go ahead and file the lawsuit. But then the tricky little establishment guy said, oh, but we aren't going to give you any money. So everyone needs to know this is Chuck. And these guys have done a great job saying, okay, fine, we'll raise our own money. Mm-hmm. We will raise our own money to fight for the right of Republicans in Colorado to hold their own primary without Democrats meddling in it and trying to, to rig it, which was what they're openly trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Murdoch and others, and they've done it in Weld County and other places, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You'll just have a Democratic Party and another Democratic Party within four or five years. That's right. And meanwhile, okay, we've got Peg Cage. Thank you, Peg, has the link. And we'll be talking to Peg on Friday too. There's the link to the um, to donate to the website through the Claremont Institute. Um, and and the, I think it, just so you know, too, the money goes all to this lawsuit. And then, it, then basically we're going to file it pretty quick here, right? I've already, you know, the draft is a draft version of the complaint is already out. I've been <coughs> working with uh, John Eastman and Randy Corpin on a lot of aspects. Um, and they know what they're doing. And so it's already been drafted up. And so um, once we finish uh, shining it up and, and fine tuning, it'll be filed uh, in federal court. And this is key. And we're going to Sue Moore's on the line with us. So we'll get to her in a second. I think this is key to taking back the Republican Party from the establishment donor consultant class that has a grip on it. This is what Ted Trimpa and the Democrats did way back when with Blueprint Colorado, right? They had the establishment Democrats were like, go away, you pesky little grassroots Democrats. And they said, fine. Well, no, no, they, they said that to the Democrats. They told oh, yeah, that to yeah. Ted and those guys, right? They're like, right. look, we've got a grip on the Democrat party. Right. We don't right. need you trying to interfere right. and tell us how right. to run the party. Right. Um, and so they said, fine. So we're going to start slowly but surely doing our own fundraising, doing our own, you know, targeting issues that we know people respond to and that we can win. And we're going to go after that. And slowly but certainly surely, they took back the Democrat, well, they took over the Democrat they party. They didn't take it back. They took it over. They so now we need state. to stop all that. But in the meantime, though, I think this is this is important, and this will say to um, I think the establishment Republican class. It's like no people are serious about this. People aren't just kind of raising their hand and saying, "Oh, I think it's a great idea." When Chuck is standing in the room, they're actually giving their time and their money to this effort, and then hopefully they'll get around and get behind it. Um, real quick, Barney, before we go to Sue, I saw you. Barney, did you want to weigh in on this? Or were you just, if you want to, Barney, go ahead. No, not yet. Okay, for Barney. He's like, no, I'm driving, Julie. Okay, well, we have Sue Moore with us from Liberty Scorecard. So, Sue, hey, let me welcome you and thank you for your time today on the Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome, Sue. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Can you hear me okay? We yeah, can hear yeah. you okay. So, okay. I got an email from the Liberty Scorecard. Maybe let me back up. Because I think what I want you to do is to sort of set the record straight over some comments. And now that's misinformation, misinformation. Perfect. Misinformation from um, Colorado GOP chair Christy Burton Brown regarding what the Liberty Scorecard does. So why don't I I'll just let you kind of jump in and explain the situation and then go ahead and set the record straight. Okay, well, let me just give you a quick overview overview of the Liberty Scorecard. We're a group of conservative Republicans. Um, And what we do, we've been doing this for four years now, but we actually read all the bills that are traveling through the Colorado State Legislature during the session. We actually read them as a committee, and then we apply uh, conservative principles, things like individual rights, free markets, and limited government, and then we decide to either support or oppose a bill, and we record our position, and then we compare our positions with those of each legislator, and then we run a scorecard. So this is ongoing throughout the legislative session. Uh, we meet at least at, at least once a week to discuss all these bills. Uh, we send out a weekly email to all the legislators telling them, you know, what our vote was. So they, they kind of know where we stand before they even cast their votes. Whether or not they care about that is another issue. But anyway, yeah. that's kind of what the scorecard is. Um, that's how, that's how we, we, we do this. So um, apparently there's a controversy in El Paso County. Um, the, uh, El Paso, yeah, El Paso County chair 
someone on her committee wanted to present the findings of the scorecard, did that during an executive committee meeting, um, and the uh, state GOP, Christy Burton Brown, and, and the people at the state party decided that that, that violated their non-neutrality clause. You know, the conversations you know, the, that... It's, it's amazing. That's the same thing that uh, did uh, Neil Mathai and tried to criminalize it. The establishment is always, you know, oh, this violates net neutrality. Uh, the, you know, it's such garbage. And it's the same group in, in, of establishment people who are always trying to overthrow Vicki Tompkins and, and the great grassroots people there. And to say that you can't introduce uh, some information for people to read is, is pathetic. It's pathetic. Right. Yeah. So there were a few things. So long story short, and there were some other moving parts to this controversy, but the thing that we took um, opposition with was that it was misrepresented what we do and how we do it. The first claim, so they they met, they had their executive committee meeting, and they issued a, I don't know what what they call it, but just just some kind of a, you know, slap on the wrist to Vicki Tonkin saying, you know, you violated this non-neutrality thing. So you know, all that being said, the problem that, that we, we got a hold of the, um, the the complaint or the report about the complaint from the state executive committee meeting signed by Christy Burton Brown saying, you know, this, this scorecard was presented at this meeting. Um, what did she say? They, she allowed the presentation of a scorecard that rates Republican legislators with letter grades based on very specific criteria considered by an outside organization, but not readily known by every, everyone viewing the scorecard. Oh, really? Well, that's not true. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So my response to that was, yeah, the specific criteria are the constitutional principles of individual rights, free markets, and limited government. And those are key components to the Republican platform. So, you know, that's problem number one. Problem number two is our Liberty Scorecard, it's libertyscorecardco.us, is public information. Anybody can look that up. Anytime we've been publishing this for four years now, and so you know to say that that's not readily available is just that's just false. So, right. so that was that was issue number one. Um, and also, just as a background, we, we're, this is actually a continuation of another scorecard that was run by an organization right. called Principles of Liberty that was run for right. eight years before that. Right. Uh, the Brattons moved up to Wyoming. The people who created this thing. I asked them for their permission to continue the methodology, to continue the scorecard. They gave us their blessing to do that. So this, I mean, this scorecard has been around for 11 years now. And not only that, and and, because I have a couple points I want to make. One, I mean, in case folks don't know, and we've had you guys even before when it was Principle of Liberty, right? And you guys are, you're very straightforward about your criteria. As you said, you email the legislators. So if somebody has an issue with how you rated them, they they know what's going on. And this is something, I mean, every year, like Republican conventions and CPAC and the, what, you know, the conservative summit, all that kind of stuff, they give awards to legislators based on your scorecard right i mean i've seen them get awards there so it's like for chrissy burton brown to try to pretend that you're some obscure outside group that no one ever heard of and and that somebody if they want to wants to put it into the record they should be free to put it into the record i mean chrissy burton brown does i know she now represents the establishment and often they do not score high on, on the principles of liberty, such as limited government and all that. But that's just tough. I mean, it's just yeah. it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and their second claim was that the, the reported votes was accompanied by a letter grade assigned by an outside organization that criticized and praised various Republicans. So I, in my response, I said, you know, we assign grades based on the following scale. 90 to, to 100 is an A, 80 to 89 is a B, et cetera. So, you know, these, this is just a standard grading scale. These are raw numbers that come into our system. We're recording all these votes. We're, you know, so, you know, th- there's nothing magical b- about the, the grades. You know, it's actually, right. you think it's generous in, in some cases. But, you know, it's there's nothing secret going on behind the, the scenes where we, we you know, create a verdict that's, that's well, not We all know what it is. The, 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 more, the more liberal... People are knocking at our door. <laughs> more liberal ones don't like conservative scorecards. They like their because, own scorecards. Well, but people at an executive meeting ought to get all kinds of information. And there are other ones. There's the, there's the American Civil Liberties Union one. There, there are a hundred of different ones. And anyone can consider whatever one they want. You think you want to give 
people more information and not less information for them to just to guess whether whether this particular legislator is reflects your values or not. I mean, if you're a far left Republican, uh, maybe you'd you'd love to have a D. Uh, maybe that's right. just that's great. And if you're if you're a principal uh, loving limited government, you'd love an A. But that's just information that everyone should have. Exactly. Our methodology, our metrics, everything is available on our website. It's very transparent. It's and you know you can look to see how we you know how we what position we took, how that compared with the legislators' position, and then we also give which principles were supported or violated in our you know determination of whether or not we're supporting or opposing. And as an aside, in some cases, if there are conflicting principles. Or if we can't agree as a committee on how to vote, we we don't we don't rate that bill, so it doesn't count for or against the legislator. Well, so, and I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this also on your behalf, so because I know we have you on the show a lot, and there have been times when we've kind of tried to ask you about specific legislators, and you guys are incredibly fair. You you never go there, right? You're like, oh come on, say Kevin Perot was rotten, and you don't go there. You say people can go to our website mm-hmm. and they can see what our criteria are and they can see what the legislator scores are. So unlike other groups out there, you guys play incredibly straight, incredibly fair based on your criteria. And I guess my big problem with this is, you know, okay, if, if they don't want them to read this, okay, that's one thing. But to kind of for Christy Burton Brown, and I, I know these aren't your words, these are mine, to seem to go out of her way to misrepresent, insult to insult yeah. you and misrepresent what you do when she really, when she knows that that's not the case, that just seems wrong to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we this really kind of chapped our, our behinds. You know, we, we put a lot of time and effort into this, and we try to present it as objectively as we possibly can. Um but, the, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves. It's all transparent. It's all on the website. They get they get notifications. Every legislator gets notifications every week. I usually send it out on a Sunday. And I can tell you, one of other Christie's or the, the state executive committee's uh, claims was that, you know, elected officials are not, not really aware of the scorecard. I can tell you the email that I sent on Sunday was opened by 103% of the legislators who haven't unsubscribed. I've got at least 95 who open it. Now, some of those opens are probably staffers. Well, I'm sure they are if it's over 100%. But but the point is that they're looking, they know it's there, and they're paying attention. And they have every opportunity to contact me at the bottom of every email is my name, my phone number, and my email address. So if they want to take issue, and it happens sometimes. I was going to say, I bet it does, I bet you have somebody calling. Well, I hope Vicki, as she has done several times in the past, uh, maybe they just slapped her wrist and did nothing else. Um, but you take it to the full SEC. I was on the executive committee, and then I got redistricted out. Um, but they're mostly, mostly uh, establishment people who really um, don't want to fight uh, for Republicans well, or the ideals. There's some good people. Randy Corpin's on the one, and, and so that Dave Williams resigned, I think. Um, Casper Stockholm's on it, but you know, overwhelmingly, um, they they try to be they do the establishment line, and it's too bad. Well, and here, and I want to just note. Um, so you're on the phone, so you can't see this, but um, you know, folks, if you join us on Zoom, they always kind of have their own side Chuck and Julie show going on in the little chat section. But Ped Cage has put up a link to the Liberty Scorecard website, which is libertyscorecardco.us, and she's also got a link to Carl Honiger's Blueprint 2.0 right. at mycoloradogop.org, where and we won't go into it because we don't have time now, where he explains how important this is. Well, and because so I wanted to then kind of switch gears here a little bit and talk about some of the bills. But before I move on, just anything else you want to say about all of this with, with Christy Burton Brown? No, you know, and I have not spoken to Christy. I left her a message last Thursday. She didn't respond. Uh, by Monday, I decided we needed to put something out there. So that's when I sent out this press release and put it out to our list. And then she did call me back, uh, I believe, Monday afternoon. I tried to reach out with her again. Her voice mailbox is full, you know, so I, I left the ball in her court. But I have not spoken to her yet. Um, we okay. will have this conversation. And, and my point was, I just want them to understand what we do and how we do it. And the important thing is that, you know, you can, att- I mean, what, what they can't do is attack our methodology. Or what they're not right. doing is attack the methodology and the data. What they, they want to attack the organization 
And, you know, that doesn't, that argument doesn't carry water. You know, if you, if you want to question the methodology, we can have a conversation, but you know, you can't just attack the Liberty scorecard and say, Oh, those people are right, right wing wackos. You were for, former uh, chair of the Denver. Um, right. And I also was on the state executive committee and I yeah. understand, you know, they have a job to do. Their job is to get Republicans elected and that's fine. I get that. You know, our, but that's not our, our job. Our job is just to provide a resource for people who want to dig a little bit deeper, find out who the more conservative Republicans are, and then use that information however they want to use it. Yeah. But, right. um, you know, it's well, out there and that's terrible. Particularly in this day and age where politicians say one thing to get elected and then vote a different way. I mean, your organization is one of the few out there. That I rely on. Yeah, that just says, okay, here's how they voted. Well, and given that with some of the bills, the other reason I think you guys are so valuable is, you know, the bills always read something like, we love puppies and kittens, you know, and then it turns out that they're actually going to, you know, euthanize dogs or something like that. Um, (laughs) Hidden in the, like, really legal language. And you guys are the people who actually read the bill so what anything going on up there at the legislature that you think we should all be aware of you know it's um we don't wait the bills at all what we do is record committee votes final committee votes to either um you know approve or pass the bill or uh postpone indefinitely so so we we capture that vote at the end of every committee meeting so and then we also capture the third reading vote which is the final floor vote in each chamber. So those are our two data points that we collect. But we don't weight them based on importance, um, you know, who sponsored them. We don't give bonus points. We don't take points away. So that's our methodology. So, you know, when you say which bills are really important, I've got a smattering here that we can talk about, but but each bill is weighted equally in our view. What we're doing, we're principles-based. We're just applying the same principles to each bill so we can collect data points for each legislator. Okay. So, um, I, I must admit, that- I, I, I hate hearing about bills in the in the Colorado Democratic <laughs> Legislature because <laughs> it's always depressing. <laughs> and and you go, what's going to happen with this bill? Well, it'll pass because it's really awful, and the Dems want yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's just you just go, oh my god, oh my well, god. Well, what bills would you like yeah. to talk about? You know, just a handful. We just had a, a Zoom meeting last night, so I'll just I just highlighted a few. Uh, there's House Bill 1138, re- reduce employee single occupancy vehicle trips. So basically, they're trying to program or they're offering tax credits to businesses who can get their employees to you know carpool or use you know buses or whatever get get cars off the road, yada yada. So. So we oppose that bill just based on free markets, limited government. You know, it benefits certain businesses where maybe you have some control over that, but it it doesn't benefit everyone equally. So we don't like that bill. We understand the, you know, the the idea behind it, but it, it, you know, it it just violates equal protection. It it doesn't treat every business the same. It gives, it favors, you know, certain businesses over others. So, okay. So that's, that's, um, there's a house bill 1148, the wildfire camera pilot program. This one was really interesting. Basically, they just want to set up a bunch of trail cams out in the wilderness and hopefully catch a wildfire as it, you know, as it starts so they can collect data and figure out how to make that not happen. But, you know, basically it's, it's a waste of $2 million. Um, so we opposed that bill. I, we thought that was pretty funny. Um, 1152, House Bill 1152, prohibit employer adverse action for marijuana use. So this bill basically says that you can't, you can't punish an employee or, you know, I don't know, if, if you, you can't fire them, you can't do anything if they're using marijuana on the premises during the hours. Oh, there you go. Sure. Now that's, I mean, so it's like, it's, it's like, so if I were drinking on the job, if I were like sitting in the newsroom shooting down, you know, doing Jack Daniels shots or something, I'd probably get in trouble. But you're saying this bill would say I could light up a joint and be smoking marijuana and, and, and what if even if I'm a truck driver, right? And then I can go out and drive a truck and they can't fire me for that? That's what this bill would yeah. say? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm exactly. Great bill. Great bill. So, 
So, yeah, we thought that was pretty funny. Maybe too. they could combine that lot- with their single occupancy and they could get a bunch of high people. Yeah, yeah, the sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, right, go on. So. Great idea. Uh, House Bill 1164, limit applications and consideration for clemency. This one's interesting. Basically, it kind of takes clemency away from, uh, power away from the governor. Um, and clemency is to the board for various reasons, but, um, and I, I might, this might have been a Republican sponsored bill. I don't remember. Sounds but like it. It's yeah. Not, it sounds they, like a George bill. That. You know, we think there should be separation of powers. That's something that does fall within his purview. We right. may not have a Democrat in, in the governorship forever. So we, we think we need to protect that, um, okay. that aspect okay. of that office. So, so we actually oppose that one, oddly enough. Good. Um, Good. Eleven six, and again, so we don't we don't look at. I mean, we see who sponsors them, but we we support Democrat bills on occasion. Uh, you know, right. it's we're, we're pretty much agnostic to who sponsors it, which party does. It's mm-hmm. everything is based on the principles that can be applied to a bill, and that's how we look at it. Okay. Um, we got time for a few more. Eleven uh, six. Yeah, about two more minutes. Okay. Uh, incentive to promote the Colorado timber in- industry. Um, you can get money from the government to hire interns in that particular industry. We don't like bills that that um, yeah. support certain industries over others. So, right. might be okay. a good idea, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, jive. Why with the our timber principles. industry? Right. Yeah. Well, they've got a good lobbyist, clearly. Okay. Well, they don't have a probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of Senate bills: uh, 114 fire suppression ponds water rights. So it basically says that if there's a fire, a forest fire. And you've got a, you know, you're a rancher or a farmer, you've got a pond that gives the government the right to, you know, suck water out of your pond to fight that fire. And, you know, it's a it's a hot button issue, so to speak. But, um, you know, property rights are property rights and they can at least ask permission. Probably most people would grant that, but but you can't weigh someone's property. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a couple more, 120, Senate Bill 121, tuition revenue pledged by institutions for higher education. Basically, it says that, a, um, say, a, a community college could, uh, right now they can only pledge 10% of their tuition, their um, projected tuition, in order to, to build a swimming pool or a rec center or something that they think will attract more students to their university. This allows them to pledge 100% of student of tuition in order oh. to kind of whatever they want. So, uh, you know, for fiscal responsibility reasons, right. we don't like that. So, okay. now, All that's, right. that's a handful. You know, there's, there's you a know, bunch. You know, they have but- way too much... T- too much time on their hands there. I've been listening to that. You're like, all right, they need to, nothing actually seems to be dealing with stuff that people care about. Hey, so well, listen, thank you for your time. And you know, some of the comments, again, you don't see them, but they're like, Christy Burton Brown has met her match and Sue Moore. Um, <laughs> thank you for standing up, you know, for, and, and, and for, number one, for doing this service in the first place, but thank you for standing up. Um, well, because if you don't, they'll just run over you. We put too much effort into this. We work too hard on this. And right. we think we provide tool for other organizations to use. So we're pretty proud of what we do. Well, All right. we're proud of you. So thanks so much. Thanks, Sue. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sue Moore with um, Liberty Scorecard. You know, I recommend to folks, if you go to their website, I'm, the reason I know this is because I'm on their mailing list. Right. Right, And I got the email out. It's kind of good because they do keep they do a good job of keeping track of stuff. And just like she says, they just say, here's what this this is our quick interpretation. Here's why we oppose it. Right. Right, right. And you may or may not agree with it, but it gives you a sense. And like I said, she's reading that. It's like that just seems like that's just make it illegal to fire people. What about the RTD bus drivers? Should it be illegal to fire an RTD bus driver for smoking pot while driving around the bus or school bus drivers? Heck, that's let them smoke pot, too. My father owned a chemical company and. And uh, if anybody came in drunk, that you know they could kill millions of people well, by yeah. pouring it in the river. <laughs> so he had to get rid of people, you know. And then he had to fight with the unions, and they're saying, you know, how many people die if some drunk just drops his barrel into? Oh the water yeah. System? And this is from Dr. Donna. What does it take to join Sue's group? You know, I'm not sure. To, you can get on the mailing list. Just go to Liberty Scorecard. I think it's Liberty from Peg Liberty Scorecard Co. Us. Um, and you can get on the mailing list and there's all kinds of information there too. I think if you wanted to join the group or become somebody who, um, I, you know, the, the emails and stuff that I get from them are free. 
um, cause I'm cheap. So it's free. So I don't know what so I'm Donna, Dr. Donna's asking, is it $25 a year? I'm not sure what that, I don't know. In other words, I know I get all the emails and the information for free. So, um, real quick, we want to end on a good news because we're running out of time here. Um, Joe Biden's poll number is lower than ever. Why don't you real quick explain this? Well, the one poll I, I always rely on, there are a couple of them, but one of them is the IDB International Business Investors TP, TIP poll. And I've, it's been the most accurate poll uh, for the last seven or eight election cycles. And I was kind of upset because they had Biden's approval rating higher than a lot of other ones who go, yeah, but I trust them. But now they show Joe Biden at 38%. 38%. Real clear politics has him for the first time below 40, 39.8. I mean, these are terrible ones. That's when all of a sudden people start running for you. You hit under 40% and people go, I don't care what Joe Biden you know, says. And I'm just going to real quick, two reasons I think there is a complete disconnect between the Biden administration and what people actually care and about. The people. Right? Even Denver Mayor Hancock, Denver, the most progressive city in the universe, is flaunting Tay Anderson saying, no, we're going to actually get rid of school masks, okay, for kids and for daycare centers. Tay Anderson's upset about that, but says he doesn't have the vote to make it a requirement. Oh. So you've got liberal Democrats all over the congressional campaign committee guy, the Democrat guy against it. But Biden is still like, nope, we need Max and vaccines. And the other thing is, at a time of rising inflation, up last year, the highest it's ever been, Goldman Sachs today came out and said it's going to be higher again this year. What is the Biden administration doing? They're giving free crack pipes to minorities. So there you go. That's a good idea. Excuse me. Well, once again, I just want to invite everyone to come to the Dunedin Castle. It does require a contribution uh, because you get free everything. Uh, but it's an incredible one. I want to invite Barney. I want to invite Leo. I want to invite them. And I'll give you my email, charlesbonneville at yahoo.com. Um, and if you want to contact me and you want to go, I'll make sure you, you're able to come. So hope, hope we can have you out there. Charles Bonniewell at yahoo.com. My last name is spelled B-O-N-N-I-W-E-L-L. A lot of people want to add another E in there. <laughs> B-O-N-N-I-W-E-L-L. We'd love to see Bernie. We'd love to see Donna. We'd love to see Leo. We'd love to see everybody. Everybody. <clears throat> excuse me. Well, and again, chuckandjulie.com is another good way to contact us. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, I mean, we'll be having live reports from Chuck and everybody up there too on Friday. Yes, yes. You can meet Dr. John Eastman, Trump's lawyer, and, and a, lot, yeah, it should a, lot be great. The, a lot of the top people in the state. Well, thank you to Sue Moore and Jason Pratt for mm-hmm. for their time mm-hmm. today yeah. thank you to everybody on zoom we love to have you guys there thank you for everybody who listens to our podcast we're on Substack, rumble um follow us on twitter facebook etc etc uh, and we will see you all on party friday yeah the time is three to six and the address is 2024 well colorado highway 74 but but you yeah, do need an invitation yeah. yeah you do need an invitation it is not you, but it is three to six um and this coming if you want to go it is a it is a uh you have to be, they've got a long driveway and mean dogs. So you just don't want to just show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it won't be that. It's not dangerous for us. Hey, Aaron, everyone, I think Chuck will be gone. So I think I'm going to have myself. A I'll drink. be at the event. And yeah, I hope you're the there event. too. Yeah. And we'll see you guys all then. Thank you, Thomas, the great guys at BBS. We'll see you all on Friday. <laughs>